Hey everybody, welcome back to the Moho Show episode number 94. We're getting really close to that century mark. Hey, we've got a really great show today. We are going to talk a little bit about Visio templates. We are going to look at Microsoft lists in 10 minutes. Alex has got some best practices for managing projects in a Teams channel. And as always, Feature versus Feature is back for another feature duel. So we'll take a look at the results from last show and we'll put two new features against each other. Ladies and gentlemen, we're really playing, really praying for strong coffee and we're praying for even stronger Wi-Fi. It's the Moho Show. Hey, hey, and here we are again. It's time to do the Moho Show and internet willing, bandwidth willing, we're going to pull this off. I believe in us. And by us, I mean our internet connection to just stay <laughs> steady for, what, 55 more minutes? 59 more minutes? Let's do it. It's been an exciting morning of, of internet. No kidding. So connection issues aside, Mr. Ryan, how are you doing today? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's going. It's, uh, it's another day. It's, it's Wednesday. Wednesday is always a great it's not only is it hump day halfway through the week, but it's Moho day. It's Moho show day. So I always get, I have like a routine. I have a morning routine, get amped up. And you know, Alex, ladies and gentlemen, Alex knows I listen to the same song, you know, in the morning, gets me jammed up for the Moho show. So here we are. Here we are. And for those of the, those of you just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Moho show. My name is Alex Henry, joined, of course, as always by Mr. Bialik, Mr. Aramade himself. And yeah, we've got a nice little show prepared for you. Again, as Ryan mentioned in the pre-show, we're going to be talking a little bit about Visio diagrams. We're going to talk about Microsoft lists and see if I can break that down in 10 minutes or less. And then we've got some tips on some Microsoft team channel projects and best practices, just some things to take away before you plan your next project in Office 365. So we've got a pretty full show. And I thought we're talking about just before the uh, show started, uh, Ryan, you and I were talking about um, Viva Engage. I've been posting mm -hmm. a little bit about this on Twitter and they made a big blog post because it's finally, they've, it's gone generally available. It's GA today GA, or as of yeah. yesterday. So first off, what is it? Ryan, can you give me a TLDR on what Viva Engage is? Uh, so it is about engaging employees, sort of building that community and internally, uh, also known as Yammer. It's, it's Yammer. Yeah. <laughs> so the backstory here, and I don't have like an official backstory, so your guess is as good as mine on this. Um, you know, Microsoft's had this Viva brand that they've been kind of slowly wrapping other Microsoft 365 products into, adding some stuff to it. So it's its own side brand that's Microsoft 365, but also isn't at the same time. It's kind of like an, its own add-on package. And they decided to fold the Yammer name under it but only in a couple of places. So we have Yammer. We still have the Yammer web app, which you can get to from your portal. You can still get to from your mobile phone. But when they, but you can also access your Yammer communities from Teams and Outlook because they've added those integrations as well. The Outlook one is my favorite so far. It's kind of cool. But they didn't call it Yammer when they released those. They called it Communities which is, you know, just based off, you know, Yammer's beta, based off of communities groups. Mm -hmm. And this year they decided to bring that under the Viva full by creating a new addition to the Viva family called Viva Engage. So 
It's Viva Engage inside of Teams. It's Viva Engage inside of Outlook. Everywhere else, it's still Yammer. Hmm. At its core, the product is still Yammer. Right. So one product, two names, and it's the same across everything as far as I can tell. I know they did, besides the name change and a new logo, they did introduce stories and some kind of story timeline, something kind of like Instagram-esque or uh, what's the other one? TikTok, um, some more social media-like features. You've TikTok before, Ryan. Like, no. I'm your biggest follower on TikTok. <laughs> Don't even play that run right now. Uh, hashtag follow Ryan at TikTok, Mr. Automate. Oh, no. no, no, no. I still keep <laughs> I still keep my GeoCities page open. That's about it. That's about oh, all the social enough. I get. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, so do you think let me let me ask you this question then Alex sorry to 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 interrupt but do you think when they came up with the notion of communities and we saw that across a few different properties do you think this is a, an admission that ah, that didn't quite turn out this is plan b for that sort of let's get more people using yammer let's rebrand it let's give it a little bit of a different sizzle i think communities at the time when it came out i know we were both excited about it, but then it just kind of fizzled out. Do you think this is another stab at that um, by calling it Viva Engage? So I, th- I think this is a bit of an experiment to see mm-hmm. if Viva Engage, as you're saying, um, might be the successor to the Yammer brand, the first step to retiring the Yammer brand. Um, it's never, I don't think Yammer as a name as a, a name in business has ever been super popular. Some people like it. Some some people have tried it. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. Some orgs you kept it. Some people didn't. And when you bring up Yammer these days, it probably doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. I think the name has kind of built up a, many years of stigma, and which is too bad because when the when Microsoft overhauled the entire product uh, last year or two years ago, I think it was our twenty twenty, they really launched the new yammer um they really cleaned it up they did a great job it is a very smooth experience it is a very clean experience and it is worth checking out if your organization has a need for a place to have more news and organization the place to have those types of dialogues and connections outside of teams outside of email and we're maybe SharePoint doesn't do the job. Mm-hmm. There's so much potential here. I really like it as a product. And I mean, it's the, too the, bad that it just didn't it's too bad that Yammer didn't catch on after the new after yeah. the rebrand after they relaunched it. But I do agree this is likely going to be this that it might just become Viva Engage across the board within the next couple of years. Right. And I mean, okay, the 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 name Yammer aside. But I know, I mean, around the community and, and with customers and in and, and scenarios where we've engaged, haha, um, in, in those scenarios, it always comes down to, well, what is Yammer and what can it do for us? And I think there was this old, we kind of maybe rested on, on this thought that Yammer is like internal social media. And as soon as those two words come out, as soon as you say social media to a business owner or to a team leader or director, it's like, nope, full stop. Don't want to hear about it. This is going to be a time waste. So I can kind of see, okay, you know, plan A was, well, we'll call it communities and we'll put sort of this employee experience thing around it. Um, I don't want to say that was pre-COVID and that was still uh, pre-hybrid work. 
So, okay, kind of see where they're going. Okay, okay, maybe we'll call it something different. Maybe it'll pick up traction, but maybe it's it still didn't. Again, maybe people still see communities and it's just not exactly clear of what they can use this thing for. So Viva Engage, okay, I'm going to engage employees. I'm going to engage teammates. Okay, okay, I can kind of see. So maybe, maybe this means more people will take a look at it more people will, will take a more serious look at it and stick with it um, could could be exciting I mean I, I really do hope this kind of works out in the long term in terms of I mm-hmm. think a lot of organizations even the small medium businesses can probably leverage something like Viva engage slash yammer to yeah. just separate the internal communication and that separate the non-work stuff from everything else, the internal communication, yep. the events, the updates from leadership. There's a lot of really good tools in here to keep that on the side, to give it its own home. And I've made the mistake of, as well as, you know, referring to it as social media, because while it's, it, it is the most obvious direct comparison, but it doesn't exactly inspire a lot of confidence from leadership and management. They hear social media, they just kind of go, not a chance. Yeah. I'm going to like turn off my internet and it's going to be email only forever if I see <laughs> this in my door. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, I really do hope this this kind of goes somewhere. So it'll be interesting to see what they yeah. do with this over the next couple of years and where this goes. Yeah. I, I mean, let, let me put my let me put my leadership hat on and spin this a different way is three years ago, two years ago, whatever maybe maybe more people were on the fence about the need for that type of sort of internal social media community building and everything because corporate culture was built in the halls and between cubes and in pods and on floors and in buildings and now with hybrid work and people working all over the place i think it's a little bit more challenging to to build that culture and connection and engagement hence the name. So yeah, there's, there's probably a more relevant cause need for, for this type of product now than maybe even a couple of years ago. Hmm. I think like if I recall my timelines correctly, they really did the big launch of the, the teams app. Cause I think the teams that came before the web app fully launched, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly, so this is just around the time everyone started working from home in mid twenty early twenty twenty mid twenty twenty, and it I think it is the right tool to kind of help organizations, especially the really big ones when you have multiple locations, multiple offices, maybe or multiple geographies. You got to find a way to connect people together and keep like keep that engagement going when people mm-hmm. can't be in the physical office anymore. So this is a really I don't know. There's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of really good use cases. This is better, like Yammer itself, the core of this product is better integrated in Office 365 than Teams and SharePoint, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can not only does it have its own side app, as you can see, you can add it to channels. You can embed entire threads or communities inside of a SharePoint page and embed that into Teams. You've got the whole interaction or the engage the, the application inside of Outlook, which means not only the app itself, Outlook, but you can now also email and get those feeds embedded directly to your email address. So there's a lot of really cool potential there. 
there, there's something for every there's something for everyone i feel and and yeah and i think you you can have the biggest grin now alex because i know i've kind of come full circle it's probably from hanging out with you for about three years is i'm maybe i'm turning the corner on this and i think again i keep coming back to in the hybrid work era it's really damn hard to build company culture yes it's changed it's really really changed and let me give you my oversimplification of Viva Engage and Yammer today. And I don't mean this in a in a condescending way, but it is your virtual water cooler, right? Uh, it is the water cooler. It is the place for water cooler chat in the hybrid work era because we can't. We we not we may not run into a colleague. We may not pass them on the way to the bathroom and talk about the weekend anymore. Just that those opportunities are not there in the same way. So this could fill that that sort of glue and like i say like that company culture that engagement um, this could be a more relevant tool now than it ever has been it's got some growing to do it's got big shoes to fill and Mm -hmm. and you're right it's it's got all everything in there but that core piece the company culture this is not going to make company culture let's be clear about that no it's Um, not a silver bullet Exactly. This is a tool to help you get to that direction, which means you need management on board from the top down, using Mm -hmm. the tool, sharing information, posting, engaging with each other and themselves to encourage staff at the at the lowest level to do the same, to contribute Mm -hmm. to that. And you have to have some clear goals mixed in there, too. What do you want the end of this to look like? What does company culture look like and how is this going to get you to that spot? Is it about sharing news and getting more feedback from your from staff across the org? Is it about information sharing from, let's say, an HR department in location A to HR in location B and C? Is this about something else? Can this can this do it? Possibly, but you have to have a clear plan on what you actually want to get out of this tool before you start rolling out Viva and Yammer to your organization and saying, we're going to fix company culture. Here you go. It's not going to happen. You have to have a plan and everyone's got to buy in on this one. Yeah, right on. If I, if I can leave one last comment, every time I hear the name Viva Engage, I, I, think, of, I think of Captain Picard. Engage. Engage. Yep. <laughs> Same here. So I, I'm assuming that Viva Make It So was taken so that they went to Viva Engage. Uh, let's move to some, some thinking around best practices for managing projects in a team's channel. So you've got some thinking here. Uh, I know you've got some ideas. Let's um, let's chat through those. Yeah, this is a pretty, uh, what I wanted to do is just kind of talk about how we manage projects inside of a team channel and really about um, just some ideas and how you can capture that to make sure your projects run as smoothly as they can. So the first one is about having a progress tracker in your channel as an example. If you are running a project inside of a team channel, do people know what the goals are? Do people know what the expectations are, what their assignments are, and when they're due? If that visibility makes such a big difference for anyone on the team. If you've ever been on a project and been going pull, I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't really know what I am doing, it, how this fits into the big picture, when it's actually due. If you have a lot of those questions, Talk to your project lead, talk to your supervisor about putting together a project tracker. I don't care if it's Excel. I don't care if it's lists or planner, having some or Visio 
or Visio, having something that's visible and agreed on by leadership that dictates who's doing what and when makes a big is such a key factor into making sure your project is a success. And even if it's not written in stone, even if it's a high level idea and it changes mm -hmm. and evolves over time, that's okay. That's the nature of projects these days, especially if you're in a small, from I'd say from small businesses to major corporations. I've never met a project that runs exactly the same way from day one to the, to the last day of that uh, initiative. They always change and they always evolve, but the project tracker needs to capture that so people know what's expected of them. Uh, I mean, you, you add it to a channel. Uh, obviously, you've got then a space to chat around that. So if you do, uh, if you mm -hmm. are an individual, you have a question about progress or you have a question about uh, the, the way tasks are laid out and the way the project is laid out, you can have those conversations in a very transparent way. Everybody sees them. Everybody can see what's going on. Everybody can see the answers and the questions to the the answers to the questions. Um, you know, someone may be too too shy to speak up, and so doing it kind of in that transparent way can uh, can help your project. Absolutely, and it just if there's problems, if there's questions, it kind of gives you a place to do it. I love channel mm -hmm. tabs for that reason. If you yep. put it as a tab, yeah, tasks or planner as a tab to your lit to your channel. People can ask questions about it. Your project planner can post updates about the project plan. If something's changed, if they have questions, if they just want to give praise because people have been killing it, mm -hmm. that's a great place to do it because it stays in context of the thread of the project itself. Right on. Next one, news and updates. I don't care if it's email, chat, uh, SharePoint, or the channel. My bigger thing is be consistent about where you post news and updates. In the context of this discussion, the channel is a great place to post your updates and news, right? You've got the ability to publish announcements and channels. You have the mm -hmm. ability to at mention individuals, groups of individuals using Teams tags, or the entire team if you want. And in addition to that, you have the ability to, people have the ability to comment and react to it. And the more important takeaway from this for me is that people understand that this is the place to come to for news and updates. Because if you if people are getting information from email, some in chat, some things in meetings, it becomes really hard to know what the true source of information is, especially if it's coming from multiple people. As the project lead, make sure you pick one place. And if it's going to be a channel, it's a great place to start. Because again, you have everything you need. You can make really long or short updates for your entire team. You can share resources as they change, and people can engage in that discussion openly. If they have questions, things they don't understand, if they have things to add, it kind of builds on that culture, builds on to the team. It allows the team to be more invested when they understand what's happening in a project, even if it doesn't really have anything to do with them in that moment. Seeing an update really shows that the project's alive, things are moving, and they can ask questions and have that discussion where and when they need to. Yep. It's good. It's a good accountability tool, you know, yes. uh, either keep stakeholders accountable, um, give everybody that's involved uh, accountable. And again, I don't I like publicly shaming someone if they didn't do their part, but you got a little bit more skin in the game. I think if everybody sees what's going on in, in that central way. And the other thing, exactly. And I think the other thing that, I really appreciate is the ability to have this information so it doesn't all have to be saved up for the next meeting. 
Yeah. If you want to reduce your meetings, make the information available to people ahead of time. Have those news. So that way you don't have to spend half an hour updating people and what everyone else has done. Put that in the bloody channel. Let people right. read it on their own time. Don't spend 15 minutes giving people information that could have that they could have read before the meeting has happened, especially right. if there's no action to take or no discussion to have. And having it in writing helps people process it, helps people think about what they want to talk about in the next meeting. So if you want to get more engagement in those discussions, put it in writing, share it before the meeting, have that and allow people to discuss and have that engagement before we actually sit down and hash it out in person. Mm -hmm. And that uh, truly is the benefit of asynchronous collaboration is I know it's there. I'll get to it. I know when I need to get to it. You know, I, I know the deadline or I know when the meeting is, I'll read it on my terms, you know, exactly. there's a really big benefit to that. Yeah. Even if I'm reading it on my phone as I'm walking to the meeting itself, as long as I right. have that information available to me, I can use that to make decisions and be prepared for that meeting ahead of time. So this one, keep work files together. Seems pretty obvious until you've been in a meeting for more than a few months where things start really getting spread out across the board. So how do we keep files together? Pick a location. You have a team channel. It has a files tab that lives in, that were in your files live in SharePoint. So you don't have to make this complicated. You don't need to make, I, I, Ryan, you've seen, we've all seen like, you know, people have systems for managing projects. They have a folder for every little thing. They're their code name, they have a place for everything. Yeah. It's fine if you're consistent, if right. you use it. So if you're going to have a system to put all your files together and all these folders, enforce it. And if it's too complicated and people are starting to fall off the track with it, simplify it. If 10 folders is too much, make it three yeah. or two, whatever it is. Give people a place to have it so at least they know where to look for it. And... As long as it's all in that same channel, people will know where to go and it becomes the go-to place. If you're making an update to your channel, you can attach the file to that conversation. It'll just upload to the channel and that's fine. People can get to it when they can get to it as long as they know where to look for it. So if it's avoid, so basically avoid trying to share things through email and teams and your meetings, pick one place. If you're having a meeting, and there's new updates and new resources to share, make it clear that you're going to share that in the channel, either before the meeting or after the meeting. So people know where to look. So yeah, that's yeah. really don't, don't orphan content, don't orphan files and, and folders and things like that. Keep them together. Keep them together. And it's tempting to keep things on your desktop. I get it. But stop <laughs> it. <laughs> stop it. Cut it. Out. Stop it. Share your lessons learned. This is one of my favorite ones. This is just mm -hmm. about communication and going back to the culture piece we're talking about. I love it. And I don't know anyone else. There might be other people that appreciate it when there's, we, we've made a mistake in the project. We had to recalibrate. We had to do something to correct course, share that lesson. Why did mm -hmm. this, why did we get here? And what did we learn out of it? This used to be a much more common practice, a uh, formal practice back in the day where after a meeting, you'd sit down with the leadership team and have your presentation on our lessons learned, which would kind of go nowhere because the information would not be shared outside of the management circle. So make these lessons open and public. <laughs> share it out with the organization. Share it out with the entire team. Put it in writing so people can read it and check out and see what we came across from that. So when that staff member, when staff have to work on the next project, mm -hmm. they, can, they can see it coming. If something's about to fall off the rails because we're making the same mistake again, 
we can catch it. We'll do a better catch, better job catching it before it happens. And we can save a lot of time, save a lot of money and frustration in the long run. So yeah. sharing this information, sharing the lessons learned is one of the best things you can do for a project team, not just managers. No need to punch a hole in the drywall. Share the lessons learned. I'm 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 just joking, of, of course. But uh, I mean, drywall. <laughs> there there are there are um, I know different different areas of work um, are, are gonna you know the retro the retro meeting the retrospective what worked what didn't work uh, the stand up those types of things again are gonna mean different things to different people in in different departments. But I still think that methodology of just being transparent about what worked and what didn't work. Uh, I've always been a fan of the, here's what we did good, here's where we can do better. Uh, so sort of that did good, do better mantra. Uh, again, great to share that. Great to be very, very transparent with that. Yes. And the last one to cap it off, celebrate the successes. Yes. We've so patched the drywall now. Yes. Success. <laughs> We've delivered something on time in the project yep. that's running months behind. That's a mm -hmm. success. We got a new, we had someone to the team that's doing a great job and got something done. Mm -hmm. Share the success. Let people know that they're appreciated in the project, especially if things are kind of running off the rails. Mm -hmm. Let people know that you appreciate them. And when the project does something good, this isn't about patting people on the back over every little good thing. This is just about acknowledging the hard work people are doing on your team. Mm -hmm. If there's a success, let everyone know. It doesn't have to be a complicated, big, formal thing. If you want to get coffee and make a, and get donuts and cake over it, sure, great. But at least or, at least do the bare minimum of acknowledging when people have done something awesome that's helped push the project forward and make right that on. open. Don't just make that, do that behind closed doors. Yeah. And, and again, that, that may seem like, oh, this is going to be a time suck and everybody's going to want to, you know, say something about it. Reactions in Teams and reactions in Teams chat I think in that case are your friend is someone can see it. They'll see it on their own time. That's sort of asynchronous collaboration, thumbs up, heart, smiley face. However they react to it is going to be how they react to it. Um, mm -hmm. But putting it out there, sharing the successes is, is a lot more meaningful than, than not, you know? Absolutely. Certainly. All right, Mr. Ryan, we are just a few minutes past the top of the hour. We've got one more segment to go where we're going to smash some features together and see which one comes out on top. Thank you. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning into this audio only version of the Mobo Show. If you want to see the full episode, including demo segments such as Watch and Learn or Feature vs. Feature, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Team Mobo. We'll have links for you in the episode description. Take care.